You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? As you guys know, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Kermenjas. I'm a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Just wanted to remind you guys before we dive into this episode that NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Lockdowns Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt will give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Now it's time to dive into another episode here at the Locked On Rams pod. You guys know how we do Tuesdays around here, and my guy is finally back. He has returned, Mr. Brad Motter. Brad, how are you doing, brother? Oh, man, feeling like a champ. Excited to come in and talk some more Rams football. I've been listening to you uh, while I haven't been here on the mic, so I feel like I'm somewhat dialed in where I'm ready to kind of talk some of this Rams stuff. You got a, a great show for us prepared today, so I'm excited to kind of dive into it, my friend. Absolutely. And I'm sure if you've listened, you kind of know where we're going to head here. Uh, We talked about it pre-show and I hate to keep doing this to you guys, but it's more Julio Jones talk. And I know some of you guys are probably super excited about that because, you know, there's this big conglomerate of Rams fans that are probably pounding the table right now, begging for this potential last piece, the last addition to what we think could be a Super Bowl roster. And then there's that other conglomerate of like, man, the Rams have added so many wide receivers. I don't get the point of adding this guy who, you know, hasn't been the healthiest. He's a little bit older. They're already stacked at this position. There's no need to waste more assets and so on and so forth. You guys have heard me talk about it. You know where I fall on this spectrum. I'm 100% pro Julio Jones. I think he makes the team significantly better and just ultimately takes that offense from, you know, an 8 out of 10 or a 9 out of 10 to, you know, a 9.5 out of 10, maybe a 10 out of 10. I don't know, but I definitely think he makes your football team better right now and does improve your chances to go to the NFC Championship game, you know, go to the Super Bowl, maybe win a Super Bowl. Ultimately, I think that's the goal for the Rams this year, and I think that addition would make a lot of sense. Now, Brad, you've heard me talk about it. There's been some ups. There's been some downs. You know, the reports come out. They say that the Rams could be one of the favorites, and then the odds shift in their favor, and then they kind of go away. And now the recent talk is that the Rams don't really have the assets to compete with some of these other teams, so it doesn't seem likely. Now, Where do you fall on this spectrum? What do you think of the potential rumors that the Rams could trade for another superstar wide receiver? Yeah, first of all, I feel like I got a lot of pressure on my shoulders right now because as a now listener of the show, and you've talked about it quite a bit, is and maybe I don't know if I'm because I used to do this that like, I always want to talk this out loud in my car. As you're talking, I feel like I'm talking back to you going like, Sosa, you're right on there. Or, no way. Get out of here, Sosa, when you're talking about stuff. And I'm sure with this topic, since you've touched on it so much, that the listeners have kind of been thinking through this a lot, whether they're on your side or against you. So I, I feel some pressure here to kind of represent the audience right now because we've been listening to talk about it and we've probably been going back and forth in our heads. And and the weird thing is, I'm not really sure where I stand on this. And we we kind of text before this and we we're going to lead into having this conversation. I was like, Brad, you got to find a stance. And I just couldn't really do it in, in where I want. And so I'm going to walk you through how I could see it being great and how I could see it being bad. So right off the bat, how I don't like it is obviously going and getting Deshaun Jackson, um, going and drafting 
in our first pick a wide receiver having the solidness that we already feel like we have at that wide receiver group and bringing in another guy and kind of going where do you put these guys I think it's kind of a dirty move to trade Deshaun Jackson out I don't think he would really <laughs> like that I don't think they really would do that right maybe it's the draft pick that goes you know maybe we you know look to get out of that right away or it's a guy like Van Jefferson that has a year in and they can kind of maybe sell the upside there um, but I feel like you got to get rid of some wide receiver or else it start really gets confusing and maybe you're going at the we're buying this for one year with Julio Jones so those young guys can just get in line learn something and and contribute where they can whether those are some gadget plays or end arounds or just build in a few small plays for him. But that's one concern, crowded room. Uh, the other concern is now this talk of wanting like kind of established players and outside of the guys I just named um, in the wide receiver group, I don't know where we go that I want to give up a lot, right? Like uh, I love our secondary, but where it's at right now, it has a little bit of depth, but not enough to where you want to give up a guy to go get it. We don't have a lot of outside linebackers. We don't have O-line to offer. There's not a lot where we have a lot, a lot of depth that we could give up a guy to go get a guy like Julio. So if it's giving up a player, not so much in love with it. If it's giving up a number two draft pick, maybe a number three draft pick, and sure, sell all the draft picks. I'm over fighting for draft picks with the Rams. <laughs> they don't seem to care about them, and I'd rather get a player. Um, so if it's draft picks only, I start to lean back to like, yes, this could be great. The last thing that really starts to ask a lot of questions and do I love it, do I not, is just looking at what we saw most recently, nine games played. 51 catches, 771 yards, three touchdowns. Not that impressive. Did he not come back because he's trying to get right and get healthy? Did he not come back because the Falcons stank? And he's like, why do I come back and fight through these injuries? You've heard a lot of Julio playing through pain. And if you look back, he has. I mean, since 2014, he's averaging basically 15 games played, uh, playing a lot of 16 out of 16 games and putting up big numbers like you talked about, instantly making your offense better. But um, going back, his last 100-yard catch season was in 2018. Not to say like that's a bad thing because he still put up 99 catches in 2019. And again, in, in nine games, 51 catches, and the guy's just a beast. And it would fit perfect. I think you did the example earlier in the week of kind of like this would be the late, version career of Megatron and Matt Stafford, right? He has that guy to just say, ah, oh, screw it, throw it up to Julio, right? And we saw that mm-hmm. Rams put out a post today where I think you commented, like, this is the difference between Stafford and Goff, is like he can find a way to, in tight coverage, find a place that only his player can get, and we get to see Cooper Cup make amazing one-handed catches in the corner end zone where Goff either underthrows him for an interception or dumps down and and just doesn't throw that football. So he fits the new quarterback we have. So I've got to get out of our old quarterback mentality. But unless it's for a draft pick centric um, package, I really don't see it. I feel like you're crowding that room. Um, And then what are you getting from Julio in a crowded room, right? Are you getting a 100 catch, 80 catch season? Or because he's in a crowded room and you're trying to make sure everyone gets the ball, how does that really dilute all of the wide receivers. And that's where my other question lanes. And the big thing for me is if the Rams don't get them, I'm not going to be super heartbroken. But if the Seahawks or anyone in our division gets them, I'm going to be pissed off that we didn't block that and go and get it. So that's the other weird part about this is who else is in it. As long as he doesn't go to the NFC West, I'm okay with him not landing with the Rams. If he gets up in the NFC West and we find out it's for 
a couple draft picks and, you know, isn't an established player like we're starting to get rumors of, um, then, you know, maybe I start to get a little heated about this. But I'm torn, and I hope for the listeners out there I could explain a little bit of column A, a little of column B, of why I love it, why I hate it, and maybe that's where some people sit. Or, like you saw, some people are just like, nope, sign me up on Julio, whatever it takes. He needs to be on the Rams roster because it would be pretty, pretty dope to see a fully packed Rams SoFi Stadium with Julio Jones in horns coming into the season with Matt Stafford as the quarterback, like, just the energy of opening day there would be insane with these moves. And it makes sense in the line of where the Rams just say, F it, I'm going. F those picks, I'm going for it. And so I'm torn here. If he ends up in horns, I'm going to love it. If he doesn't, just please not in the NFC West. And that's kind of, I think, where you know the majority of fans lies. At some point, there's a point of diminishing returns. Like if it's a draft pick, I'm pretty sure Les Snead would have already, you know, secured this trade because he's not afraid to trade draft picks. He's never been afraid to do that. And we know that he's always been happy to overpay for the guys that he really, really wants, especially right. when it comes to draft picks, because that just isn't a huge value to the Rams, clearly. But when you start to throw in all that other stuff, like, you know, we want a key established veteran. Who is that? And like you said, can the Rams afford to do that? You know, if you get Julio... And add him to a receiver room that's already stacked and you lose, say, you know, a starting corner or a starting offensive lineman, are you really better off or not? So that's kind of where, you know, the point of diminishing returns, in my opinion, comes in. But it's a lot of fascinating talk. It sounds like, you know, it might take another week, another two to kind of sort this out. But I'm not going to rule the Rams out right now. I think there's still a firm possibility that they could be players. Ultimately, Julio Jones, I'm sure at this point in his career, wants to compete for a championship. And, you know, outside of the Rams, there might not be a team that gives them a better chance or a shot to do that in 2021 and probably for the foreseeable future. This, sorry, cut you off there. Go this ahead, June ahead. 1st deadline is a joke. Like, I expected this almost to be like opening <laughs> day of, you know, free agency. Like, I thought there, everyone's like, oh, well, after June 1st, you could do this. And after June 1st, you could do this. June 1st comes <laughs> and it's a snooze fest day. I think I saw like a Rex Burkhart update on uh one of um i think is adam schefter's instagram i'm like really june 1st we're posting about rex burkhart signing with a team like don't care give me some julio news man so hopefully this comes fast but um i expect something to happen here but man i'm gonna be jealous wherever he lands i'm gonna be jealous but yeah it'd be pretty cool but you're right julio the risk reward it, it may sound more fun than it actually is yeah, it is interesting to see. We'll see what happens. You know, we're going to keep you guys updated, of course. And there is quite a bit of, you know, twists and turns throughout this saga so far. So, you know, buckle up, get ready, because I'm sure over the next week or two, we're going to hear where Julio Jones is headed. That could be the Rams, could be somewhere else. But we do know one thing for sure. There will be fans in SoFi Stadium next year. And Brad and I are going to dive into what that means for the Los Angeles Rams. Could they finally have a home field advantage as well as what's going on in the NBA right now with the fans finally returning a little bit of a weird dynamic there while we've got you, you guys know you can come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MEP, Brad at LA underscore rambling bear and the page at locked on Rams. The fitness industry is incredibly confusing and oversaturated with BS. I'd like to think that my word holds a lot of weight as I've lost 155 pounds over the last two and a half years. You guys know throughout that process, I was looking for the best protein bars that are available. And I'm telling you guys, the Built Bar is unmatched. They literally just sent me a care package yesterday. And I don't know if I'm 
allowed to actually tell you guys what the flavor is because sometimes they like for us to keep it under wraps, but it was another tremendous flavor, and I'm not joking. I ate all six of the protein bars in one day. Sometimes I can't control myself. They're that good. They're so delicious, and the texture, which I talk about all the time, is unlike any other protein bar out there. It's so, so good. They have a bunch of different flavors. The bars are also healthy. They're low in calories. They're low in sugar. They have 19 grams of protein per bar. They're high in fiber, and they even work for you on a keto diet. You'll even get a free cooler with your purchase while the supplies last. All you have to do is just go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Folks, are you having any car troubles? Do you ever go outside and find your car tires flat or your car won't start? Well, you should absolutely check out RockAuto.com for your service needs. Rock Auto is a family-owned business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. There isn't a better time than right now to support family-owned businesses with this weird COVID stuff that we got going on in our world. So if you can, I urge you to try and support family-owned businesses. If you are a person who likes to do things yourself and fix things with your own hands, or you're a professional and you're just looking for reliably low prices, you should check out Rock Auto. All you have to do is just go to their website, and check out all their available parts. It's a never-ending list, and I promise you, if your car needs it, there's a very good chance that they have it. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us so they know that we sent you. Welcome back to the second segment of this Wednesday episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. Brad, my man, I got you on the other line. I mentioned before the break what we're going to spend this segment talking about. And it's going to be all about you guys, the listeners, the fans of the Los Angeles Rams. And first, we got to talk about what the hell is going on in the NBA right now. I mean, fans are finally coming back in. And I swear to you, every single night or every single morning, if I fall asleep early for whatever reason, I find out that a fan at an NBA game has done some wild stuff. And like, we're not talking, you know, running on the field or running on the court or whatever and like taking your shirt off, like kind of funny thing. We're talking about like, just straight disrespectful stuff. I mean, pouring stuff on players, throwing things at players. What the hell is going on? Dude, it is insane what's happening. And it's like, yeah, we all get everyone's been stuck up for a year and a half or so. And you're finally getting out. But it's like one of those things where mom finally lets you go play up, you know, up up the neighborhood. And all of a sudden you burn down the house. You're like, what the heck? I let you out of the house. I finally give you the permission. And now you go and do this. And it's been it has been kind of crazy. And it's almost like this one upping, right? Like fans are kind of going, well, I saw this guy do this. Well, I'm going to take my version of it and do this. And you know, I'll kind of get away. It's not that big a deal. And maybe the NBA has kind of a a problem as far as like, what are they doing with these people? And you're hearing like, I think the guy in New York got um, like actual assault charges put against them. And they're trying to like crank this up with some fines and they're trying to get it. Hold on it. Cause right now it's just, I don't want to say it's out of control because it's, they're like one person at a time, but it's like, it's like this one upping game that everyone's trying to go, like TikTok viral or something and and they're trying to make their moment and I'm wondering really curious what the NFL is doing knowing that as far as I know right now 30 out of the 32 teams are going back to full capacity that I maybe I'm wrong here too but I feel like NFL fans drink more like there's a bigger leading up to the game like the whole tailgate and then go in compared to where basketball Mm -hmm. maybe it's not as sold as a tailgate maybe they're drinking before but um, I just feel like that crowd is already a little bit rowdier. So like, is this the trend we're going to see when NFL teams come out? Is like some guy in Buffalo going to like 
jump, throw a table out there and try to like jump on a table in the middle of the field or something like who knows what the NFL version of this is. But it's interesting, (laughs) especially as the Rams, you know, are going to pack 70,000 and, you know, these Angelinos haven't been out there. I'm hoping we can kind of represent and be well behaved. But I mean, I've seen plenty of fights in the stands in baseball with uh, Dodger fans recently and not only Dodger fans don't mean to call you guys out specifically, but that was the most recent one I saw versus the Giants. (laughs) But it's like, what is going to happen? I'm excited to see fans back, but I'm a little nervous. Um, the other question with SoFi is 70,000 people up to 100,000, it sounds like, for Super Bowl. But I'm really just curious, what is SoFi going to sound like with a packed stadium, right? Like, little open-air stadium. It's sunken down into this bowl. Like, is there a home field advantage we don't know about? You always hear about Seattle and the 12s. And, you know, we know our crowd can get loud when we're at, um, you know, playing over at uh, – the Coliseum, but that's a little bit different of experience and how everyone's kind of spread out. So my whole just question about this is like, what does game day at SoFi look like? How loud is that crowd going to be? How well behaved is the NFL crowd going to be? But I'm excited to see uh, some fans in the stands because those games were weird last year, empty. And that's what's weird about it is like you mentioned, I think the NFL fans are a little bit more rowdy probably outside outside of the stadium for sure, maybe inside too. Like I know the tailgates can get pretty crazy, um, especially like you mentioned in Buffalo. I mean, they're throwing each other through tables and like just crushing an absurd amount of beers. But on top of that, it's like I don't know if there's like a difference in how the players maybe perceive it too. Not to say that NBA players aren't, you know, about it, but you look at Marcus Peters in the Coliseum. That dude was climbing in the stands to try and <laughs> yes. fight someone. Like these guys yeah, where are, are you not from? Where are you with. from? Yeah, I just watched right. that clip yesterday, by the way, and it was like how like NFL fans are different from NBA fans. I think it was Ghetto Gronk, who's like one of my favorite follows on Instagram. If you're not <laughs> following, it's it's an awesome Instagram account. But he put Marcus Peters up, and for half a second, I was like, oh, I miss Marcus Peters in LA. He was such the attitude you love. But you're right. Like, how is that different? And will you know, it's a little different with I feel like the NBA players are kind of trying to get away from it where maybe, you know, NFL players pads on helmet or you feel a little bit more protected where you might take on that guy running onto the field. Lots of questions, man. And like I'm not a psychologist, but there might just be like a different way of you know how that brain is kind of wired for an NFL player, man. These yeah. guys aren't fearful. I mean, they're trying to block Aaron Donald every snap. I'm pretty certain they're not worried about Bob over there in the stands, you know, 25 <laughs> Miller lights deep. So like, um, it's very weird to see, but I am also interested to see, you know, how you mentioned like the, the SoFi experience, the stadium, the home field advantage, potentially. I mean, the Coliseum, I went once in person. It was a great time. I don't remember much. I was one of those Bob's, uh, drinking a few, <laughs> you know, too many drinks, but, uh, keep myself, you know, yeah, just keep myself in check, though. No, nothing, you know, crazy. But yeah, I'm excited to see. I mean, this is going to be the first time, obviously, they open up to fans. And, you know, they started to release the layout there in terms of outside of the stadium where you can tailgate. And I've seen some fans kind of complaining because I think it was like a little bit far from the stadium. It wasn't exactly, you know, like right next to it, kind of like at the Coliseum. Where you yeah, because they're right building the apartments right next to the stadium. They're trying to take <laughs> all the advantages they can around there. But you bring up a good question, too, because... As the experience of SoFi and, you know, that home field advantage, uh, and you talked about the Coliseum and going there, there was a lot of talk about the Coliseum and how, 
visiting fans came in and bought tickets in LA because no one in LA cared about the Rams. That was like what people talked about. And I'm wondering now that they've really built this team since 2016 out here in LA, they had a Super Bowl appearance. They really kind of have gone all in multiple times. They got Matt Stafford, like those exciting pieces that will it be harder for, you know, a Chicago Bears fan on opening weekend to get those tickets where, you know, it was, I think I went to the Bears game, I want to say Monday night in the Coliseum two years ago then. And it was like a good 30% Bears fan. I was sitting on the Bears side, so it seemed a little bit more over there. But I'm just wondering how do we, you know, quote unquote, Under Armour protect this house, right? Like how do we Mm -hmm. get fans to, you know, through season tickets and through, you know, resale, not giving those up, but will it be a home field advantage or forever in LA? Will they talk about, Oh, uh, that's a place you can go. And, you know, cowboy fans, they'll travel well there and they'll be represented. That's another curious spot of what SoFi is like with fans. It is going to be super interesting to see. And, you know, the ultimate answer to the question of, have the Rams finally re-won, I guess you can say, this town and and sort of gotten all these fans to buy in. And, you know, based on all the trades they've made, all the success that they've had, you know, this new grand opening, the stadium, the all the new uniforms, the logos, I think the Rams have done a pretty good job of trying to identify with these new LA yeah. fans as well as, you know, recapturing some old heads like us. And I mean, they predated me even in LA. So, you know, I think they've done a good job. It's going to be fun to see what, you know, the fans kind of show out in terms of next year. If this new offense, this new team can sort of buy back the city of L.A. And, you know, the Rams can have a legitimate home field advantage, which just seems like they should. I mean, SoFi is beautiful and it would make a lot of sense. But, you know, I kind of want to actually divot back to what we talked about in the first segment. No more Julio talk, but I do want to dive into something fun that I dug up on Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and share you know, just about how good these guys are in the final segment, Brad. We're going to talk about it. There's a fun fact that I need to share with you guys. And while we've got you here, make sure to keep coming back to us at the Locked On Rams podcast. We're going to continue our offseason coverage for the Los Angeles Rams all offseason long. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NBA and NHL playoffs are officially live. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. That's BetOnline.ag. Today on the Locked On Today podcast... What is causing fans to act like idiots at sporting events? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the final segment here of this Wednesday episode of the Locked On Rams podcast. I'm your host, Sosa Kermenjas, and I appreciate you guys for listening this long to the episode. I got my man Brad Motter on the other line, and I talked about and sort of teased what I wanted to spend this segment on, Brad, but... You know, with all this Julio talk and everything about these new wide receivers and what the Rams could do on offense and all this stuff, and especially, you know, this change at quarterback, because I think getting Matthew Stafford in the door is going to sort of reinvigorate and sort of refire up this offense because things just kind of got stale with Jared Goff. And that's not to say that he wasn't good because he had some great years, obviously, with the Rams and a lot of success. And ultimately, I do think it was, you know, a successful draft pick, but Stafford is going to bring this new mentality, this new 
itch to try and bring this new productive offense, kind of change things, maybe a little bit of schematic changes and, you know, just a philosophical change of kind of attacking the field downfield more. And we'll see what happens. But I dug up a little stat and I was kind of thinking about it like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Everyone knows they're great, but really, I wanted to kind of get a feel for how great they were. And it just kind of popped in my head. I wanted to see where they ranked in terms of receiving yardage for the Los Angeles Rams and the St. Louis Rams and Cleveland Rams, their entire history, basically. And as of right now, Robert Woods has 4,070 yards with the Rams, and he's 11th in Rams history. And Cooper Cup lands at 14th with 3,570. Now, Cup is obviously a little bit behind. He had a torn ACL in 2018, lost a little bit of time there. So that's kind of why he's 500 yards lagging behind Woods. But I kind of looked at it as this season, I think especially if they don't get Julio and obviously, you know, barring any kind of injuries, there's a very good shot that both Woods and Cup get 1,000 yards this season. They pretty much get it every season. And I think there's going to definitely be more production in the passing game with Stafford there now. If both guys gain exactly 1,000 yards this year, Robert Woods is going to slide and climb up to number eight all time for the Rams in terms of receiving yardage. And Cooper Cup's going to be 10th. And I thought that was interesting because Robert Woods is only 29 right now. And Cooper Cup is only, you know, 27 and like three quarters. So we'll call him 28 years old. We could be looking at these guys, you know, play for the Rams, maybe another three years at minimum, maybe another five years, seven years, even if, you know, things go very well. How high could they really climb here? I mean, at the end of the day, when you look at Isaac Bruce, he's first with 14,000. I don't think anyone's going to catch that. That's obviously crazy. And, you know, you got second place, Torrey Holt, 12,660 yards. Those guys were just unreal. We're talking about Hall of Famers who spent a lot of years with the Rams. But, man, how good is this duo, really? Because I feel like even though we all know they're great and even though everyone does appreciate them for what they do and being very selfless football players, when you kind of look at them like, how special are these guys really just in general getting, you know, to watch these guys every week? Yeah, that's the exciting thing. And you mentioned like, you almost just lock them in for a thousand yards coming up. Like, and you think about Stafford, like knock on wood with some health there because we know that can always change up everything, but to see how far they can climb in one year and then thinking about, yeah, one and two, probably off the table, maybe three. I don't have the list in front of me, but um, the big concern for me in the long term of like, can they become top five type of guys, which I think cements you in history with these guys as far as the organization being a top five wide receiver, understanding where the top couple names are coming from, uh, is just will the Rams stick with them long enough, right? Like, it seems every year people are trying to trade Bobby Woods and try to save a <laughs> few million dollars. And I mean, that guy, since they landed here in Los Angeles back in 2016 has got to be the best contract that they've ever signed up. Right. Um, as far as value and what he's been able to produce and leadership and just consistency and growth at that position, doing all the little things. And then draft pick wise with Cooper cup has got to be, you know, since they've gotten here, uh, one of the best draft picks that they've had and the see him develop and grow and, and what he's been able to do is, is pretty amazing. Um, the one I worry about is really Cooper Cup, right? That at some point, if he doesn't keep up with this thousand yard seasons back to back to back and um, that his contract gets, I don't know how it's weighted near the end, if it gets more expensive, that it just seems to be the Rams really don't care if you were a cornerstone piece at one point, that if it helps them get to the next 
cornerstone piece or to the next shiny thing that they will make a move on you. And and for some reason, I just feel that a little bit more nerve wracking for Cooper Cup than uh, Robert Woods. But I do appreciate you bringing in kind of this Robert Woods Cooper Cup appreciation segment, especially as we spent so much time in the first segment and really for you this past week kind of gushing over Julio that, hey, we actually have it pretty damn good here uh, with these guys and, you know, what we can expect from them as far as consistency. There are so many teams around the league that would be begging for these guys to be one and two and then to have some of the extra pieces that we have uh, on this offense. And it's always funny when I see these guys paired up against uh, the best duos of the NFL and, and some of those other duos get more love because they have a little bit bigger name recognition with one of the guys compared to the other. And it's kind of like a star leading the way. Uh, and these guys kind of seem to fall down those lists because it's just kind of like they're so solid together, but none of them are kind of that like, you know, MVP type caliber wide receiver. But I would a thousand times over pick these two guys just because of the consistency. And I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with Stafford because where they where they've both really uh, developed is the yards after the catch. And now they get a quarterback who can also find them in those tight spaces like we talked about earlier and still make some plays. So I'm really excited to see where's that next step up and not to knock Jared Goff, even though it's kind of fun from time to time to get, get our jabs over here. But where's that next step for those wide receivers with a step up in quarterback play and knowing their ability with the yak. So these guys are super fun and I expect them to put up a thousand yards and bull jump into that top 10 this year. The next question is how far up can they go? Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch, you know, how the rest of their careers play out with a change in quarterback. It's going to be super, super exciting to see Matthew Stafford give these guys maybe a few more chances, you know, to go get contested catches. And maybe they don't have to be separating every single snap, five yards, three yards, eight yards. And sometimes they will get those opportunities that maybe Jared Goff just wasn't willing to give them. And I don't know if you guys have seen it by now. Maybe you have. But yesterday, the Rams posted this video on Twitter from their OTAs, Matthew Stafford's rolling to his left and throws this nice ball to Cooper Cup in the back of the end zone. And Cooper Cup one-hands it. It's kind of like a weird oh, spinning catch. Awesome. One hand, toe tap, Tony toe tap, both feet in the end zone, touchdown. That just kind of describes how good these guys are and what we can expect, I think, this season in terms of what these guys can do with their new quarterback. I wanted to just give them a segment to sort of, like you said, just appreciate them, let you guys know that we do value these guys. They are just special players, special guys, always willing to do whatever is asked of them, blocking these big linebackers that are 30, 40, 50 pounds heavier than them. These guys are never going to question anything. At the end of the day, you got two very tough, very reliable wide receivers, great guys, great guys in the locker room, off the field, never going to get in trouble. These are the exact kind of guys that I think the Rams are proud to employ. And ultimately, you know, this is why fans can be proud to, you know, be fans of this team because you got guys like this that are going to represent the horns well. They're going to represent the city well. And at the end of the day, they're also going to put up those numbers on the field. So shout out to Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Those guys are great players. No slight at them if the Rams do also add Julio Jones. That's just another, you know, tremendous player to add to that receiver trio, which I'm sure Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay would very much enjoy. Now, that is going to do it. As we wrap up for this episode, my man, Brad, as always, I appreciate you for hopping on. We always have a great time on here. You guys, make sure to keep checking back in with us here at the Locked on Rams podcast throughout the rest of the week. We're going to continue our episodes here. And just a reminder, you can come connect with us on Twitter at QBsMEP, at LA underscore Rambling Bear, and at Locked on Rams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.